If you're ready to blast through, defy the odds, and be the 1%, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to The 1% Life with Johnny Dillon, where you will learn how to master your mind, elevate your sales, and live the 1% life. What's going on, rock stars? Welcome back to another episode of Mindset Monday on The 1% Life. I'm your host, peak performance coach and trainer, Joni Dillon, and today we are talking about a not-so-fun word, and that word is defeat. Defeat, and how do we hit reset after experiencing defeat? How do we hit reset so we can bounce back up and get back into the game? So today I'm going to share with you a mental reframe to get back in the game if you've experienced some major defeat. And it might not even be major, it may be minor. See, one of the toughest things to do after we get knocked down is to get back up. And to get back on our feet to where we are in flow again, to where we're not experiencing the after effects of that defeat and taking it into our our next day, our next week, our next month, or even further on into the year. Because this happens. It happens to people all the time. So why this is important is because waiting to feel better often means that you're setting yourself up for some extreme mental anguish, that you're setting yourself up for unneeded stress and anxiety and feeling sorry for yourself for the situation or circumstance that you found yourself in or the one that you may have created yourself, right? So what it comes down to is this. We all experience defeat. We all experience moments where we feel like we were just knocked down and thrown on the ground and sometimes even punched and, you know, it just doesn't feel very good. But the difference between one percenters and the 99% is this. One percenters experience defeat, despite what many think that, you know, maybe they're gifted or they just get it. They never have defeat. They're always winning. They get majorly smacked around. They also get knocked down. And oftentimes their loss or their hit that they take can be bigger than the average person's. It can be much bigger. So here's what happens though for the one percenter. When one percenters get hit, they feel it for a a minute or two. They feel it for a minute or two. And then they immediately decide to remove themselves from the pain. The time that a one percenter sits in his or her pain is so momentary compared to most people. And most people get, you know, if they get knocked down, when most people get knocked down, they'll talk about it. And they'll continue talking about it and they'll start to tell all kinds of people and repeat the story over and over and over again. And what happens is that the emotions are getting amplified. Now they're feeling angry. Maybe before they were just a little frustrated or bothered or maybe it was a significant defeat. Like they were really angry. But at this point, after telling so many people over and over again and getting those people's perspectives and they're amping them up, well, actually, if I were you, I would have done this or why didn't you do this? Now they're pissed off and enraged and their mind is looping with these thoughts of what someone, for example, did to them or the injustice that they just experienced by some other person, situation, or thing. Now, 
do these looping thoughts tend to get better or worse by itself? They get worse, right? They don't get better unless we make them get better. So what form do some of these challenges hit us as sales professionals? It could be the form of losing a sale, knowing that you missed one that was so obviously a deal and you just talked way beyond the close. Maybe you got them out of the ether or perhaps you have no clue why they didn't end up making the investment, even though the money wasn't an issue. They loved it and all of a sudden it was a no and you're like, man, I just missed out on a massive opportunity there. That can feel like a blow at times. Maybe you just got notification that a sale canceled or rescinded. You're, you're all safe from this, by the way. Whatever it is, we all experience adversity within our careers. And oftentimes, for many of us, it is daily. It's daily. And when it, is, when it does rather happen on a frequent basis, we have to be able to brush it off. We have to be able to bounce back out of it and not let that, ex- that perceived adversity, that perceived challenge, that perceived defeat take us over. And so whatever it is, we all experience it in some way, shape, or form. And really, in the grand scheme of life, we experience much bigger adversity than a few missed or lost sales, right? And so the question becomes, how do we bounce back from this and not let it sabotage a day, our entire day, if it happened in the morning, which oftentimes it can, right? Or our week or even our month or longer, So I've seen it happen where people go into prolonged slumps, right? There was often a trigger event that could be quite minor in the grand scheme of things. Maybe it was a missed sale and then a missed, uh, another missed opportunity. And next thing you know, they're continuing to miss opportunity after opportunity after opportunity and, and deals are going by them left and right. And they're like, what's happening? I can't give it away. And it all started with a trigger event that maybe they're conscious of or not conscious of, which doesn't even matter. The point is, is that if we're not aware of when we start perseverating on the emotions, when we start continuing to fester on the emotion and let the emotion fester, the negative thoughts begin to loop and it can really significantly get all out of control. And it can cost people their careers. It really does. People who have had successful careers and professions that that all of a sudden go into a massive slump. And it is because they aren't able to control the thoughts in their mind that are in, in effect creating the reality that they're experiencing and resulting in no sales, no income. Well, you can't live off of no income and you have to leave. You have to do something different. So this all is mindset and it's really being, it boils down to really being addicted to the story that we created at an unconscious level and the continued pattern we're creating in our lives. It doesn't just start when you're in your 30s or 40s or beyond that you're you're actually running these particular patterns that you might not even be aware of, of self-sabotage, and maybe not all of you, I'm sure that you're not all running these, but if we are, we're running them for our entire lives. And, And oftentimes we can see those patterns having started at a young age. So let's talk about the strategy behind how to hit reset after a loss or, you know, some sort of perceived defeat happens. And the key lies in this fun little mnemonic I'm going to give you or an acronym, and it's barbecue, <laughs> BBQ, 
barbecue. It's easy to remember, right? Barbecue, BBQ. And it stands, ba- stands for bounce back quickly. When you feel like you've experienced some sort of defeat or you got burned in some way, think of barbecue. Everyone likes a good barbecue, right? Even us vegetarians like myself or pescatarians out there like some good rabbit food. And I said rabbit food, not rabbit. Um, Grilled up, but we don't like it burned. We don't want our barbecue burned. So burned barbecue is no good, right? No good. So what do you do when you get burned or you feel like you got burned? You BBQ. You bounce back quickly. And you reframe yourself with positive self-talk. So let me explain. So immediately after something happens, for example, you lose a sale, someone should have purchased and they didn't, a coworker or colleague steals your customer and gets a deal, nothing worse than that, someone cancels a purchase after you spent so much time helping them to make that shift in their mind to finally realize the power of saying yes to themselves today and to making that change and moving in a positive direction. Whatever it is, it happens, right? It happens to us all the time. So take a minute at that moment and you ask yourself this. What could I have done differently to have either prevented this situation or to have created a different outcome? So what could I have done differently to have prevented the situation or to have created a different outcome? See your role in it, your personal role in it as opposed to someone else did this to you see your role in it so own it in other words own it and then immediately after that push the reset button maybe you say the words time to reset or maybe it's let's reset or just reset and then immediately reframe your thinking and so how do you reframe your thinking You reframe your thinking, for example, if you lost a sale, like somebody cancels, it it happens, let's talk about the elephant in the room, it doesn't feel good, no, of course not, but you say, great, I'm going to replace it. You're pissed off for a second, you're feeling the emotion, and you're like, dang it, I just got burned, barbecue, BBQ, bounce back quickly, and you reframe yourself. You hit the reset button and you say, great, I'm going to replace it. Or maybe you say, watch me kill it today. Watch me crush it today. Or maybe for you, it's watch me replace it. Or maybe it's time to replace it. See, whatever, go through those different ones that I just said. And in that particular situation of if there's a cancellation or if somebody wants a refund or, you know, wants out of their contract, whatever it is, you can let it spin you massively out of control. You can let it affect your entire day. You can let it affect your week. You can let it take your month down the rabbit hole. Or you can say, man, it's not going to define me time to replace it. And you can make it go on a mission that day to replace it. So you literally say these words in your mind or even better, say them out loud. You use positive self-talk. You use positive self-talk. See, one percenters talk to themselves all the time, you guys. See, there's a difference because all of us are talking to ourselves all the time internally. There's this dialogue that's running over and over and over again in our minds. Yet most people, 99% of people's dialogue is not positive. 
most of the time. It's self-defeating. It's doubtful. It's like, oh my God, I just lost this deal. What am I going to do now? Now my volume's sitting at this. Now I'm at this percent close. Now I'm at risk of losing my job. Now my business is blah, blah, blah. You're just going down the rabbit hole, right? Whereas a one percenter sits there briefly, feels the pain of being there for a moment and says, man, I'm going to bounce back quickly. And they don't sit there. They don't sit there and they use their positive self-talk to bring them up into a more empowered state and into a more empowered place that they can operate from. So you use that positive self-talk to create that fire from within and turn that negative energy that you're experiencing and that feeling of defeat into positive fuel for getting deals. And if you don't do this, the negative emotions tend to get out of control. We've all been there, like something in your life at some point, whether it was something a significant other did to you, a child did to you or something, or I hate to say did to you, but we feel at that time that someone did something to us, right? Or whether it's in regards to your career, your business, your sales, right? It's, we've been there where we can loop those thoughts over and over again and we can start to drive ourselves crazy because it's like we get so stuck in our minds and it's like, ah, it feels like that gerbil on the wheel that's spinning and I can't get out of it. You can't escape those thoughts. And if not corrected quickly, those thoughts actually become an addiction. They can, you can get addicted to these thoughts, these negative thoughts. You can get addicted to this chemical state that is created when your body reacts negatively. So notice how some people can sit in a negative situation forever, it feels like, right? They continue to talk about something that happened to them. The same story you may have heard it a hundred or even a thousand times. And over and over and over again, or maybe they have a, say, a story about a particular person that they repeat over and over and over again. It might even be their significant other or the fact that they just are, oh my God, this is happening and I just can't, my business is so down. I just can't sell. I'm this, this is happening and it happened, started this many months ago and you know, I'm just not able to bounce back from it. And it's like, I just keep getting knocked down. Well, that's their story. That's their story in regards to whatever it is, personal or or professionally. And that story becomes an addiction because when they tell that story, the body is reacting chemically, right? The body's always having chemical reactions that are happening, whether we're positively reacting to something or we're negatively reacting to something. And that addiction becomes, or that those chemicals, when they're released, actually become an addiction. And you might have heard me talk about, I believe it was on the last episode, neurons that fire together, wire together. You can go back and listen to that if you want a little bit more explanation on what I mean there and how it relates to this specific situation. So there's so much going on when you think of somebody, for example, who can sit in a negative situation forever and talk about it forever over and over and over again. And as soon as that specific event passes another one surfaces, right? And they tend to start living these patterns out. There's a lot going on there when they continue to live. And now this is going on. Like I have a friend who was a friend in, in my life and I have chosen to sort of move away from that person, not because I don't like them, but because that person is caught up in their story of negativity. They're always the victim to every single thing that happens to them. They're always broke. They're always... 
um, ex- in living in poverty, there's something's happening to their dog or to their, you know, their life or to their job or their back, their body, their business or this and that. And they are creating that pattern. Not only are they creating it, but they're so addicted to it that they will energetically go out and manifest it and create it in the world. That's what this person's doing and been doing for years. Yet they're, they quote unquote understand a law of attraction and manifestation and how energy works. And I don't really think that it's understood at a deep level, right? And so we have to notice when these things start happening within us so that we can immediately, immediately correct it. Because if we don't, it will begin to be a pattern and it will affect us negatively, right? It becomes like a drug. It becomes like a drug. So nothing makes you feel better when you're experiencing defeat, than to immediately experience a win after that, right? And the first win is that reframe that happens when you do literally in your mind hit that reset button. Maybe you even have a, you know, I used to have at least have a little bell like that you get when you go to a, a store and it was a joke and we'd literally you know after somebody said no to us we would hit the bell and we'd say next right and it was funny but it was a reframe it was a a pattern interrupt that was like literally we took that negative experience into a positive one and we would play around with it make it funny but we literally tapped the bell the little silver bell with the thing dinger thingy on top hit it it was like and we said next and that was our reset button that was our reset button. So what is your reset button? What are your reset words? What is your BBQ, your bounce back quickly words? And, you know, maybe you want to pause this and just think about that for just a moment or make sure you get it before you end this podcast. Okay. So here's the thing. You cannot always control what happens to you, but you can control how you respond to what happens to you. And I'm going to give you an example, and I actually really did not intend to go here. But when it just started coming to me, and I was like, maybe this needs to be said today. And maybe it needs to be said for someone in particular, or some groups of people, or just sometimes you just kind of led to say something. So I hope that you get some value out of what I'm about to say to you. I'll give you an example of what you cannot control, and, and how this particular individual and his family have responded in a different way, right? They've chosen to take a different approach. So about 15 months ago, I got connected with a guy named Jonathan Stone the, from the Stone family. And and he was actually Tony Robbins, the infamous Tony Robbins special guest to unleash the power within. Sometimes Tony, I, from what I hear, invites certain people with who've overcome certain challenges and adversity in life, or maybe they're still in those challenges. And for whatever way he invites them to, uh, he might get wind of their story through his coaches or whatever, and he invites them to his events as a special guest. Well, so Jonathan was one of these individuals, and... Here's the thing. Jonathan had just lost his wife to cancer. She was like 30-something years of age. And I believe, don't quote me on this, but I believe it was like within a month of having gone to this event. Now, here's the thing. They had three kids of their own, three children, and a fourth they had adopted. And the fourth was a toddler, like young, young. I don't even know if if he was over two years of age at the time. All under 
again, don't quote me, but I, I know I've seen their videos. They were like under the age of eight years of, old, of age, I'm pretty sure. And the youngest being a toddler. This was just about a year and a half ago. So do you think that Jonathan had every reason in life to hate, to hate life, every reason possible to hate life and the card he was dealt? Yes, he does. Probably every reason in the world, right? A widower in his 30s, a single father of four kids, three of whom are girls, and not knowing how to raise these children, not only experiencing his own personal loss and, and heartache and pain of seeing his love of his life, having suffered from cancer and then dying, but also now having to face what life looks like for him and his four children as a father raising three girls and a young child. They were all young children and still are. And so yet even when Sarah was dying of cancer and they knew she was going to die, they tried to see the good in everything and to live, they, they lived life to the fullest the last couple months of her life. They were doing everything possible every single day to get out there and see the world and to experience, to make life's experiences um, like great, as, as, as good as they could. And they tried to see the good in everything. And he dedicated his life after Sarah passed to helping people shift through adversity and to believe that their circumstances do not define them. And he actually, after her passing, he started doing a daily vlog on Facebook. I, I don't remember what he calls it. I, I started catching it in the early the early days, and I, I didn't see it again until today because Facebook's always changing their crazy algorithms, right? And I don't tend to scroll a whole lot on Facebook. But he, I do know that he's written since about a year and a half or so since her passing, he's written a book on how their family has overcome their challenges. And he videoed it every single day. And the girls and the children speak about it um, and help them get through it. He's also now speaking on stages across the country about what his experience was and how he's learned to, to really change his perspective on life and to really see the good in everything and to, to not look at life's challenges and adversity as total defeat, but how we can rise up from them and see the good in them. So here's what, um, oh, before I get into the, the 10 things um, that he shared on his Facebook page today, that I went and checked it out that I hope you get some value from. Here's one thing that I really got from Jonathan Stone, and here's what you don't know. I never met Jonathan Stone in person, but his story inspired me so much. We connected in a group after the event. I got a crying dog over here. She'll be okay for a few moments. <laughs> the story inspired me so much, and I started following his story about a year and a half ago. And here's what I took from Jonathan. Even in his deepest despair, even when Sarah was dying of cancer every day, knowing that her children were not going to have a mother, they would ask themselves this question. What's the good in this? What's the good in this? Whenever something crazy happened to them, you know, they got smacked with what they thought was going to be a good test result or they had a hope and, and they were praying for a cure and all of a sudden things took a turn for the worse. What's the good in this right now? 
What's the good in this? What can we do positively? What's the good that we can take forward? What's the good that we can instill in our children and our lives for us? And he took that motto and applied it to his life now going forward to help people empower themselves to stand up and not be defined by the adversity that they experience in their lives. And so those words really stuck with me and to this day. I know it's not been that long, but I, I think about them from time to time. Whenever there is something that I'm experiencing, what's the good in this? And sometimes it's really hard to find the good in something, right? Like it can be really challenging. We're not just talking about sales, right? In life in general. I mean, geez, I went to two funerals in the last 10 days, maybe 12 now, but there were six days apart, two funerals of people close, you know, one of whom was really close to me. The other was close to my family. And so what's the good? It's hard to find good in that, right? It's really hard to find good in that. But if you can start to ra- look at things and reframe yourself in that way, you start to to not be a victim to your circumstances. You start to get empowered. You start to believe that you are at cause and can actually do something about your situation, that you can shift it. You can create some good in the world. You can create some good in your, in your sales situation. You can create some good in your career and not be defined by what happened to you. So here are 10 rules that Jonathan shared on his uh, Facebook post today. And and he says, 10 rules I try my best to live my life by. Rule number one, always try your best to be kind. Two, find the good no matter how hard it may be. Rule number three, follow your heart even when your brain is telling you otherwise. Rule number four, love with as much heart as possible. Rule number five, live life to the absolute fullest. And I'm going to add every day. Rule number six, treat your significant other as if today was your last day together. Wow, that's a big one. Rule number seven, it's okay for your kids to be mad at you from time to time. That means you're doing your job. Rule number eight, hard work always pays off with time. Rule number nine, never give up on the things you believe in. And rule number 10, you can't be happy 100% of the time, but you can definitely find something to be grateful for. And rule number 11, it looks like he had two number sixes in here. I'm giving you an extra one. Um, Keep the faith. It's a bonus one. Keep the faith. I like that. Aren't they great? So I wasn't planning on going here. I had maybe nothing or maybe everything to do with what we talked about today, but hopefully you got some value in those and maybe you want to even take a few of those and make them your rules for your life. All right, rock stars, you are absolutely incredible. Whenever it is that you are listening to this in your month, I hope that you are able to really hit that reset button if or when you need to and to know that you are capable of reframing the thoughts in your mind to not let them control you and that you can turn your situation around, that you can reframe what your experience is from feeling bad and and negative and emotionally defeated to feeling like you're in control and feeling good about the level of control that you have to change your situation today.
Rockstars, if you enjoyed this episode of Mindset Monday on The 1% Life, please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps us impact more people to reach more people so we can raise up through the rankings, rise up through the rankings, and, and reach more people around the world who need to be empowered by changing their mindset so they can change their life and begin to live that life that most people can only dream of. Until next time on The 1% Life. Oh, by the way, if you do want to follow me on Instagram, you can follow me at Joni Dillon. That's Dylan with an H. And on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Joni K. Dillon. And both of those links are in the episode show notes. Until next time on The 1% Life, peace. If you enjoyed today's episode of The 1% Life, please leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. And make sure to share it with your friends. We'll catch you next time.